Oh good, you made it. We are so glad you're here. Welcome to the Mama Judy and Jill podcast, an intergenerational chat about life, art, and the creative process. I'm your host, Jill, and joining me is my wonderful co-host and bonus mom, Mama Judy. Let's get started. Welcome back, friends. Today, we are talking about making mistakes and what that looks like in the creative process. So I'm Jill, and my wonderful co-host, Mama Judy, is here with me. Hey, Mama Judy. Hey, Jill, and a shout out to everybody that joined us today. We really appreciate people that take their time to listen to us. Yes, absolutely. So we were Mama Judy, my bonus mom, and I were talking about before what we wanted to talk about here. And we know that as artists, whether you're a total newbie beginner or you're a seasoned artist, we all make mistakes. And number one, one of the things I was thinking about Mama Judy is just to start it off with is for people to understand, and we're talking to ourselves on this podcast as well, is to understand that making mistakes is part of the creative process. Would you say it's not not just part of it, but it's necessary for the creative process? Absolutely. Because if you think about it, if you start out with the perfect picture or um, whatever your creative outlet is, if your first one is perfect, you have no room for improvement. You have nowhere to go. And in everything, I think the thing we want to do both as artists and as humans is to do what I've heard phrased kanai, constant and never-ending improvement. So if you start at the top, you can't improve and you don't learn. Oh, I love that. Kanai, C-A-N-I. Right. And I forget, it is an actual phrase and I forget uh, who, who, um, you know, came up with it, but I thought it was just great in every aspect of life, not just our art, but particularly in art. Right. Um, And actually what I wanted to talk about, talking about mistakes, but um, we, at the beginning of each episode, we generally talk about what we're working on now. So Uh. With a little bit of a twist, because we're talking okay. about making mistakes, instead of talking about what you're working on this this week or, you know, in the last couple of days, and maybe it is within the last couple of days, but when's the last time that you made a mistake and sort of what came from that? What did you do with the mistake that you created? Well, that's easy because I'm always <laughs> making mistakes. But before I went on my week vacation, I was trying to do an abstract kind of an abstract painting for one of my journal pages and I kept going with it because it looked horrible and horrible and I just kept compounding what I thought was the mistake by adding more paints more inks more scratches and in frustration I walked away from it came back the next morning and somehow in the middle of the night The little fairies had made it a wonderful picture. Wow. So you mean you literally walked in the next morning and you saw Uh what you had created before. And in your mind, the afternoon before you were like, this is, this is not good. This is bad. Walked away. So what do you think it was besides just the space and time away from it? What do you think it was that changed it for you? 
I think in making mistakes, what we sometimes do is we start out with expectations. So when I started this, I had an expectation, a vision in my mind on the way this page was going to look. Well, it didn't turn out that way. Uh, for one thing, I was starting with a technique I had not practiced a lot. So, of course, I might make a mistake. And then once you get it in your little mind that this is a quote unquote mistake, you don't see it as anything except that. And later on, I'll talk about how I've learned to work with that. Okay. And you also said something, you said you had a vision to begin with, right? Like your vision was this. And then when it goes, when it veers away from the vision, that's where it starts feeling like it's a mistake. And I think it's interesting. And I think it's a good thing to think about when we are creating art, no matter what it is, is to focus on the process instead of the outcome. And of course, sometimes mm -hmm. you, do, you do a lot of times want to start off by saying, I'm going to paint a sailboat or whatever, you know, and if you have an intention, that's wonderful. But sometimes we have to just sort of let go of this vision that we have, especially with some of the art that you do and some of it potentially that I do where it's maybe more abstract or intuitive or something like that. That's especially when you need to let go of that. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. In fact, if we can learn in everything, our art and our life, to change the word expectation to preference, Ooh. feel the difference. So if you use the word, I expect this painting or this stitching to look this way. Now you've put yourself into this little tiny narrow way where you cannot make a mistake because it won't meet your expectations. If I start out, I would prefer or I would be happy to have this come out this way. Now I have no constraints. Mm -hmm. So I think going with that and working with mistakes, Jill, this might be jumping ahead a little bit, but it's to always have an open mind. Mm -hmm. and go with the idea that there are no mistakes. I can learn from this. I can get something out of this, even if it isn't the way I envisioned that I wanted it. Yeah. And when you, even when you were just mm -hmm. saying that, when you were saying change the word from expectation mm -hmm to preference or I'm happy with. When you first were saying that to me physically here, I, I started, my chest started tightening when you said, if you say it's my expectation. So literally it does, it draws you in, it cramps your style. It's gonna cramp your style, which is not you want anything you want to happen while you're experimenting with the creative process. Absolutely. And that will happen, like you said, Jill. I think probably it happens more often when people start out. But it happens even to seasoned artists, but they have learned how to navigate that, how to let it go, how to not um, get uptight because it's a mistake. Mm. When I was starting out and I was still in that armor of expectation and fear of making a mistake, one of the things I tried to focus on was, okay, so I have this page in front of me, whether it's paint, ink, stitching. 
I don't like the overall thing, but what one thing on this do I like? And mm. maybe it would just be a color. Maybe mm. on yours, it might be the way you use the French knot stitch. One tiny thing that you can say, yeah, I like this. And that then erases part of that walking away like I did. Because remember, this is something you have to be on guard for. You have to make it a habit. I walked away with the feeling, oh, this is a mistake. I don't like this. And then I came back with a different eyes open and it was totally different. And did you, but so over from the afternoon to the next day, did you have a mantra? Did you think about it before you went to bed? Did you wake up thinking like, okay, I need to go back to that piece, whatever it looks like, I'm just going to have an open mind. And then you were surprised or what process did you do to get to that point to walk in? Or was it just like you blindly walked in and there it was, and it looked amazing. <laughs> well, <laughs> well <laughs> oh my God, there it is. <laughs> um, <That's a> masterpiece. <laughs> yeah. Call me Michelangelo. <laughs> I think one of the things I have kind of an outlet, because if I do make a page that I really, even in the end, can't see using that whole page, I can rip it up and use pieces of it in part of my collage. So I never really get away with saying that's a mistake and it goes in the trash. And besides, even painting, people will tell you, well, you just paint over it. Yeah. Right. Just, you don't like it. It's not that it's a mistake. It's just that either it didn't meet your expectations or you just don't like the color, the movement, the stitching, and mm. you move on. But I, if we can, Jill, I want to go back to why we have such a problem making mistakes. Yes. And I've thought about this even with my own work. I think it goes back to when we were young. Again, we reference being kids, children. We know that children will just do things intuitively. You give them chalk, you give them finger paints, whatever you give them, they're just gonna do intuitively whatever they feel like. They react to the feeling without the thinking. Well, then, we get into schools and we have to do things a certain way. Or you have a teacher that thinks you have to do it a certain way. So all of a sudden you start hearing, oh, no, that's not the way we do it. That's mm -hmm. not how you should do it. Now, if I'm a brain surgeon, I obviously want to do it the right way for my patient's sake. But if I'm an artist, if I get too much from the outside, which then is internalized. And my little voice is hearing that outside external chatter about, no, no, that's a mistake. You're not supposed to do it that way. It'll clamp us down in a hurry. And then I think our job is to keep doing it and doing it and doing it and make every mistake until you get beyond your conditioning mm. because little kids want to be approved of nothing wrong with that and so you, when you hand in that picture 
you want approval. Oh, this is wonderful, Jill. I don't care whether your giraffe was 75 different colors. You're taking that, a part of yourself, to somebody else, and you're waiting for their response. And if you get that response, no, we don't make our giraffes with polka dots. Man, you have just been cut off at the knees. And that, I believe, stays with all of us. And we internalize it. And therefore, we have to unbury ourselves and make lots and lots of mistakes. And then in the learning process, how do you make when, okay, so when you were first starting stitching, how did you learn how to do it the way you want to do it? Well, number one, I just started. So I had okay, to there's that's what we've talked about. Just start. Yes, you have to just decide you're going to start. I would take some inspiration from someone. So had I heard, um, I think it was Lynn, our friend Lynn, that had mm-hmm. maybe, and you have told me too, just take some scraps and just start stitching and see what's happened. So I had listened at this point to a few slow stitchers or people that had done some stitching. And I just remember them always saying, don't make a big deal out of it. Just pick out the fabrics and just start doing some stitches and start with just a running stitch if you have to. So I just started, I started it simple and I used the materials I had, which was important because if I had to go the whole thing, like now I have to go to the Joann's and pick out the right fabric that would have stopped me for the next year. I would have never got it. So I pulled out, I literally pulled out this uh, felt that I just had for something, you know, I had that was real colorful and it's not something that I necessarily you use now because it's so bright and it's just, it's just different than I use now. Um, most of the time, I mean, I'll maybe use them down the road, but it's so different looking than what I did now, but I went ahead and did it, just cut out some random shapes and just started stitching. And that's how I did it. And how, when you were first learning through that, pulling it together, what was the feeling? Was there any anxiety? Was there any thought that, Oh my gosh, this might not turn out. There was, but and I, I remember because I, I was sitting on my wood floor, the sun was coming in the window and I just thought I'm going to sit down here because it was uh, just felt so good that day. And I remember sitting on the floor and I was kind of feeling anxious, like you're going to do this wrong though. Like, what about, why are you going to do a triangle? That's such a hard shape. You know, I'm telling, I'm speaking <laughs> to myself like this in my head, but I was just like, whatever they say, just to put some pieces down it's okay. It may not be my beautiful masterpiece, but I just kept going. And I think with my personality too, sometimes I get in the rut of feeling like if this isn't, if this doesn't turn out pretty decent, it was a waste of your time, which I know is wrong. Good point. In fact, maybe we should just touch on that because you're taking the feeling of this piece is a mistake. Mm-hmm. to your entire activity. Yes. This is a mistake. This is a waste of my time. Mm-hmm. Whereas if people get stuck in that and, and that kind of thinking, I mean, we all get in it at some point, and especially, like I said, when we're beginning, if we can just remember, okay, I'm just learning. I love 
to learn. Learning is not a waste of my time. Learning is beneficial to my growth. If we can learn to say those kinds of things, then it gets us beyond, oh, what if this doesn't, just like you said, what if this doesn't turn out? If it doesn't turn out, well, then I just wasted an hour of my day Mm -hmm. when you haven't. Because now, by taking that first step, getting beyond those feelings of, oh, what if this is a mistake? You have a whole new rich layer to your life and your time with the work that you're doing now. And you have expressed how important that work is to you now for the benefit of your soul, feed your soul. We've talked in the very beginning on why art is important. And I think that's one of the most critical things on an individual basis, no matter what your medium is or your level of expertise, if you want to use that word, it feeds the soul. It's a layer of enrichment that oftentimes in our daily lives, we miss or we don't get. And it's self-care. Absolutely. And that made me think, because I know I've heard you say, I don't know if it was this exact way, but like, if you didn't have your creative outlet, Mama Judy, you have said that it's almost like oxygen to you, or it's just something you can't imagine not having that outlet because of all that it does for self-care purposes alone. And just being a, a person that can walk around through the day feeling happy and productive or not productive, but you know, just being a, your whole self, your whole happy self. Yes, that's so true. So let me let me ask you, now that you've gotten beyond that beginning stages and you've learned so much, when you pick up the fabric and needle and go to your space, what does that feel like? It can feel similar, which I think is important. It can still feel intimidating or like, oh, I hope I can do something that feels like I've produced something well. However, um, and even back then, I, I do want to reiterate that back then too, what kept me going is I decided that I'm going to use this stitching as sort of meditation. So even if it was just sure. 10 minutes every single morning, I thought, that way it took the pressure off of what the project or what the outcome was. It was like, yeah, you're going to throw something together and hopefully it will look pretty and you might want to display it. But it was more about the needle and thread going in and out of the fabric for 10 minutes instead of my other meditative process that I used to do just silent meditation. And so that helped because I wasn't thinking like as a mistake, I was thinking this is my meditation process. But anyway, it is, it's different when you, as you go along and, um, as you follow people and you're inspired by people and stuff. So now when I sit down, it is more kind of more excitement and, oh, I can't wait to try this, but there's still used to, I still have those days where I'm just down on myself about it. Oh, absolutely. We're just giving that example of what you did the other afternoon. Yeah. I mean, we all fall into that trap and that it is a trap. If you stay there, that's the big Mm -hmm. difference. Yes. Now, if you have those days and you look at something and you use the word mistake, that's what what I would recommend. When you use the word mistake, find another way to express it 
instead of a mistake, because in a way, a mistake is a judgment. Yes. So it's like the words, that's the wrong way to do it, or that's the right way. That's judgmental. Mm -hmm. So if we can get away from the judgment internal talking, we'll open ourselves up more. So instead of a mistake, what could we say? Oh, we could say something similar like, oh, gosh, this didn't turn out the way I wanted it to or I thought I would. Or, gosh, that color of thread or that color of paint doesn't look good against this background. But we don't call it a mistake. Yeah. And then if you're still in the very beginning and I'm thinking, gosh, I would have. I, <laughs> I would have liked to have thought about, known about this stuff when I was starting, but that's how you learn is going through it. Yes. So back when you are still heavy into the conditioning of a mistake, just allow yourself, like you said, this is my meditation. That changes your whole perspective. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm going to take my inner child into the art room to play for a while. Oh, I love that. And I take my little inner child in because she loves to play, loves it. She does some fun work. But when the adult critic comes in, you just want to tell her, stay out. <laughs> so, we're still, you know, they both need expression. They're all parts of us. Yes. But I think the inner child is the one you want to go create with to begin with, because she's, oh. it's playful, it's open, and then you can bring in the adult that wants to make it a certain way. Right, exactly. Let, go ahead. No, you go. go. Don't let what? I was going to say, just don't let um, that critic in from the very beginning. Right. Don't how I let me let me rephrase the word don't. It's I would recommend that you try to move beyond the word mistake. And if you find yourself using it, rephrase it. Mm. I think that will help remove the emotional and conditioning barriers to intuitive artistic expression. I love that. And what you just said too, I could also see this helping me is to um, close your eyes. So if you're, you're having those voices come up, close your eyes and picture your little self, your little child inner self having so much fun and just like tap into that and just move through that. Cause I think if you saw that, you'd be so pleased to see your little self having so much fun and then just be like, that's what I'm doing today. Yes. And Go from there. Some people listening to us may say, well, that's really way out there. But these things really work. I know. And you have yeah. to find, if you're making a mistake, what you consider a mistake. Because what if, Jill, you held up a piece of your stitching to me, you thought it was all a mistake, and I thought it was the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen. Well, who's right and who's wrong? Right. They're just different perspectives. 
Exactly. And we will see on Instagram. So if you follow any artists, aspiring yeah. artists, artists, whatever, you'll see people post things and they'll say, I, was, I wasn't going to post this. I just didn't think this was good enough or, but I'm trying to be brave, you know, or whatever. And then sometimes when people post that kind of stuff, I'm like, oh my goodness, that is the most gorgeous piece. And they were sitting there thinking this was a big mistake before. So you're right in the eye of the beholder and that sort of thing. Yes. And I, I wanted, I wrote this um, quote down before, as we, as we head out. So is there anything else I want to say one more, th- this little quote, and then um, we're going to wrap this up. Is there anything else you wanted to mention about mistakes before we head out? Just in summary, whatever you can do to move beyond the feeling that this is a mistake, yes. a, a judgmental mistake. Yes. Love that. Okay. So I don't know if I'm going to say his name, right, but his name's Asger. Jorn. Okay. He's a Danish painter and sculptor. And this is something that he said, and this is going to speak to potentially maybe someone listening needs to actually have planned um, experimentation, planned. What was the word you said instead of mistakes? um, Planned playfulness, planned opportunities. But he says to get anywhere, one must choose one's mistakes. I choose experimental acts. That's how that. he looked at it. Experimental acts. So it's the same things we've been talking about. And he, I like the idea too, that he says, suggests that we would be intentional and purposeful with these quote unquote mistakes. Like go in and go, I'm going to do some messy paint, paint swatches. And I'm just going to like literally for 10 minutes, do whatever. I'm going to be intentional about doing stuff that's not planned. Or I could say, I'm going to go in and do really messy French knots or really crazy stitches or something with the plan to do that. And someone could say, well, that looks like a mistake, but you're actually planning it and being intentional, which I love. That is excellent. That is another great practice. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's been wonderful chatting with you and for everyone listening out there, we would love if you have any other tips on what we've talked about today, if you've come up with, because we would love to hear from you and what suggestions you might have. Um, Send us a message on Instagram, either to my mama, Judy, or to myself. And we would love to hear how you're, how you're um, experiencing the creative process when it comes to, you know, quote unquote mistakes. Absolutely, because I might pick up something from feedback from listeners. Yes. I'm happy to do that. I'll steal like an artist. (laughs) Amen. All right, Mama Judy, I love you. Love you too, sweetie. Okay, talk to you later. Bye.